The Miami Hurricanes are not playing around. Mario Cristobal is putting the football program back in the national conversation with recruiting. I am Alex Dono. I'm a longtime pre- and post-game host for University of Miami football, South Florida radio vet, and University of Miami alumnus, your host of Locked on Canes. Thank you for making Locked on Canes your first Miami Hurricanes listen each and every day. Canes fans, it's all about recruiting these days, and that's why we are very pleased to bring in Director of Football Recruiting for Sports Illustrated, College Football Recruiting Analyst for SI Now and SI All-American. The great John Garcia Jr. is with us. John, and you're a South Florida native yourself, so we're especially happy to have you. How are you? Absolutely. Yeah, great to be on with you. I'm doing well. Always good to be talking ball here in South Florida. I'm in Sunrise right now, so I'm just down the way. Haha. <laughs> I love it. And, you know, every everyone who supports Miami football, uh, really Miami athletics in general, because the baseball team's doing well, well right now. Basketball team had a deep run, but it's a football town. You know that. And just the Mario Cristobal effect so far. He's been on back on campus for a few months. And then, you know, we see what Miami is doing and trying to do in recruiting, John. I mean, they were able to you know, lock up a top 15 class for 2022. And some of that was the work that Manny Diaz had done prior, of course, but then Cristobal helps lock up players like Trevante Citizen, flipping Jaleel Skinner from Alabama, uh, and Miami's trending. You know, they're in top 20 now, I think, for 2023 with a long way to go. They could be trending a little bit higher than that. So what kind of a difference is Mario Cristobal making recruiting-wise already compared to the Manny Diaz's and even Mark Ricks who came before? Well, it's really on two fronts, Alex. One, it's it's the national reach that Cristobal has developed because of all of his great stops, right? Really great work at Alabama and at Oregon from a recruiting standpoint. I mean, they, they hit their ceiling, I think, from a, a getting kids on campus perspective. So he's putting all of those together, sprinkling in really where his passion and his heart is down here in South Florida. And it just creates a desire for kids to want to see Miami. It's like, even those kids who you know probably aren't going there, they're like, I'm going to at least visit first. And, and that's so big in terms, of in, ter in terms of what is necessary to get kids. You got to get them to see campus, right? Get them to see Coral Gables, and then you go from there. So I think the ability to get a national recruit on campus is stronger now at Miami than it's been in over a decade. I mean, look at just the last couple of months, you've had unofficial visitors. So that means kids paying their own dime visiting from California from Seattle, from Texas, throughout the South as well, the Midwest. I mean, what, when has that really ever happened at Miami? Now, you're not going to get all those kids, and there's still work to be done there, but step one is talent identification. Step two, getting them on campus. And those two boxes have been checked in a, in a bold, sharpie manner by Mario Cristobal and his staff. It's not just him. that This staff is, is really easy to recognize you know, by name, uh, but then by footprint, it also scales the country. So th that's the one thing. And the second thing is, we all know for, for Miami, it's about keeping local kids home. So balancing that national approach with the Tri-County area kids, Dave Broward, Palm Beach, that's really what it's about, you know, combining those two elements. And I think he's the best coach maybe in the country at potentially doing so. Yeah, and of course, you know, people like me who grew up watching Miami late 80s into the early 90s, early 2000s, obviously very spoiled and remember what it used to be like. And it's, it's been far removed from that for the last 15 years or so, John, as you know. So, 
you know, with the type of recruiting Mario Cristobal is able to do, and of course, having a staff like his staff, I think is extra important because I think there were a lot of years when Miami was getting some kids in, but then they just weren't developing the talent. And I think you can maybe start to develop, to develop that talent a little bit better. Like how many, how many recruiting classes do you think they're going to have to stack together like this before you can start talking about Miami as maybe some of the top 10 teams that are competing for college football playoff spots? That's a really great question. I think nowadays you can do it so much sooner because of the portal, because that's sprinkled in as almost a combination in conjunction with recruiting. So you used to say, well, two recruiting classes, maybe three will get you to, to what looks and feels like your total roster. We might cut that in half nowadays because of the portal. So I would say, you know, 18 months or so is maybe that mark where you should really feel like this is totally Mario Cristobal's team uh, and I think that's what has everyone so optimistic uh, about what the Canes can do you throw in that it's you know the ACC which is so wide open compared to other conferences uh, and there's a lot of real reasons for optimism here but I do think Alex you can do it much more quickly than you used to have to wait to do it uh, especially at a school like Miami in an NIL era and in a conference like the ACC. Uh, John I'm glad you brought up transfer portal um because certain areas on the line of scrimmage, they've really been trying to work that portal, especially the offensive line. I mean, last week we did an episode on biggest roster weaknesses, and I think offensive line and linebacker, especially offensive line, were up there. And we see what Cristobal's already been doing through the transfer portal. He's brought in a couple of former Oregon linemen that he coached before. And I know Miami's taking a swing at a big name in the portal, and that's Amarius Mims uh, from Georgia. This guy was a really highly touted recruit when he came out, and he's hitting the portal. Uh, do, do you think Miami – I know there's some optimism in Coral Gables, but I'd love your perspective from outside because there's always optimism in Coral Gables. So where do you think Miami <laughs> could sit on the Amarius Mims front? Well, this is one of the most fascinating kids in the portal, just from, from any angle you look at it, from a talent and frame perspective. I mean, this kid's six 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 seven, country big, country strong, country athletic. I mean, he's a great basketball player, great footwork when we used to watch him at the high school level. But look, Georgia's loaded up front, and they've gone through a whole lot of transition, but that O-line has been really solid there in Athens. You factor in that Matt Luke steps back at Georgia, uh, I, I was told he was banged up during the spring as well with Mims. So he just kind of is looking for a fresh start. Um, and I think initially that for us, it meant, okay, who was in, in his recruitment, right? Because this was just 18 months ago when he was coming out of high school and it was like Florida, Tennessee, other schools in the SEC, Alabama was involved there as well. But when you factor in the time that he's hitting the portal, it's different in terms of what you can do within the conference. So I believe he has to wait to play a whole nother year if he goes to the SEC, depending on when he actually enrolls at his next school. So that opens the door for everyone else. And I think that's part of the reason why Miami smoke, no pun intended, has really been here from the forefront because we know the big need there in Coral Gables. And look, when it comes to offensive linemen, how many head coaches, and it's like Cristobal, Sam Pittman, there's not a whole lot of others. How many head coaches are O-line guys, right? You throw in Alex Mirabal, in there as well and Oregon was involved in his recruitment just a little bit there at the at the beginning too so all of those things factor in uh to why there is some Miami buzz with Marius Mims and look the kid is he's from a rural area in Georgia so the glitz and glam with Miami might be a great counterpoint uh to what he is used to and a great selling point uh regardless of any NIL talk that we're starting to hear with with really all of these kids you know because that's really the the next evolution 
of recruiting and portal conversation. So I think all those things line up really well for Miami with Amarius Mims, who I'm told is, is trying to get something done here sooner rather than later. You know, and a, a player uh, not in the portal, but we're looking at potentially in the class of 2023. Uh, Miami has a very good quarterback room right now. Um, you know, within the last couple of weeks, I want to say last week, they got an unofficial visit uh, from Jaden Rashada, who's a five-star quarterback out of California. You know, Hurricanes fans start to get pretty spoiled when they think about Tyler Van Dyke right now, maybe Jake Garcia, if he sticks around in the future. And then the idea of adding you know, a guy like Jaden Rashada, where, where do you think, uh, and he's got some time, of course, to make his decision, but where do you think his head might be at right now? Well, a couple of weeks ago, I actually spent half a day with him out in Dallas at a seven-on-seven event and, and talking to him and talking to those around him. It really felt like a Miami Ole Miss kind of battle, right? Two, two teams and coaches that know what California quarterbacks can do when you talk about Cristobal versus Lane Kiffin. Um, but I, I think things have changed. I think there's some other schools trying to get involved. He'll be at Arkansas this weekend, then Oregon uh, to, to bring the Cristobal thing full circle. Uh, but look, he took a visit to Miami. He already has gone public talking about, hey, I want to take at least one more trip there before my decision he likens California to Miami from a you know aesthetic standpoint and a cultural standpoint which is you know debatable depending on where you're at um, but I think what's interesting with Miami is he played with the Miami Immortals at that tournament in Dallas so he's throwing to uh, Robbie Washington he's playing on the same team as Bobby Washington two Miami verbal commitments and they were on him every single play throwing up the U every time that they made a connection. And then they made the visit together right after that. So I do think in terms of peer recruiting, Miami might be out front of everybody else in terms of keeping keeping Miami's name you know, in his ear, uh, so to speak. But he will take his time, like you said, a bunch of other visits will go down. But I go back to, to the buzz in Dallas, which was really Miami and then Ole Miss, maybe even in that order, uh, but he will take other visits and, and eventually make his decision. As you know, there's a lot of big-time quarterbacks out there, and, and Miami's going to get one of them, it seems like. Well, this was great stuff, and it's awesome to have you as a contributor on the Locked On Network now as well. He is John Garcia, Director of Football Recruiting for Sports Illustrated. John, thank you so much, and I'm sure we'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good, Alex. Thanks for having me. The best recruit that I've added to my repertoire over the last couple of months is Built Bar. Guys, I've been eating healthier for the past six months. That's difficult for a guy like me who has a sweet tooth. Built Bar makes it a lot easier, guys. When you eat a Built Bar, it feels like you're eating a treat when you are eating a treat, but something that's actually healthy as well. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you are missing out on one of Built Bar's best-tasting bars. It's the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar, guys. They are a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That gets my sweet tooth excited. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie is so good. These are going to be your new favorite, just like they've been my new favorite. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They are low-calorie, high-protein. So replace your candy bars with these. They're better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. So check out Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Scroll down to the macros chart. You're going to be blown away. High-protein, low-cal. High-fiber, low-carb. Most Built Bars contain 
just 132 delicious calories, four grams of sugar, only four net carbs, 17 grams of protein. Most candy bars have 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, dozens of net carbs. Built Bar, you can get flavors like mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new white chocolate cookies and cream. Hallelujah. Those are so good. They are delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It's going to be delicious, and it's going to be good for you. I love how at Built Bar, they make it taste delicious first, and then they figure out how to make it healthy after that, and they pull it off every time. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Great stuff there, and huge thanks to John Garcia Jr. from Sports Illustrated for joining us, talking some recruiting. So there's a lot of good stuff in the pipeline for Miami. Unfortunately, the Canes did miss on someone yesterday who had Miami as one of his four finalists. Now, I know we've been getting a little bit spoiled the last couple of months because it seems like Cristobal is going out there and landing pretty much everybody he wants, which is a nice feeling, but... You did have a four-star running back from your backyard from American Heritage Plantation, Mark Fletcher, who had Miami in his finalists, his four finalists among Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan. And as expected by most of the crystal balls on Tuesday night, he announced his commitment, and he's going to be an Ohio State Buckeye. Now, I had some conversations throughout the week basically telling me as a Miami guy, don't get your hopes up for this player, that maybe you can take a little bit of a consolation prize, a little bit of a participation trophy from the fact that he even had Miami in his finalists. It's really important, I think, to Mario Cristobal and his staff to try and build a pipeline to schools like American Heritage and St. Thomas Aquinas, that you know, local schools that produce a lot of football talent that Miami hasn't been getting a ton of their players in recent memory. So to, I guess to even have you know a highly touted player from American Heritage, considering Miami up to its four finalists, you can look at it as a good thing. But no, I was told before his Tuesday night announcement not to get my hopes up for Mark Fletcher. Uh, he was being crystal balled left and right to Ohio State. And he's just, he's the prototypical Big Ten running back. He fits so well in that conference. It's no coincidence that outside of Miami, his other three finalists were all in the Big Ten. Mark Fletcher, six foot one, 225. And as you can say about pretty much any 17 year old football player, he's going to continue growing and getting even bigger and stronger in that frame. That's the bruising characteristic you get out of a Big Ten running back more than an ACC running back. So he just fits that mold really well. So we also have news today, and this just came to my attention minutes ago. Miami's losing one of their own. Hitting the transfer portal out of the running back core, Cody Brown. Uh, and it's it's unfortunate, and the timing caught me off guard. Cody Brown's going to be leaving the Miami program or at least hitting the transfer portal. It's possible to remain at the school even when you're in the portal, but uh, I, I think he's going to get some offers elsewhere. Uh, but it, it's unfortunate because Cody Brown was one of the players that Mario Cristobal mentioned having a good second spring scrimmage. Uh, Brown last year got some work in the second half of the season and did well. Average 4.1 yards per carry, 34 attempts, 139 yards, scored three touchdowns. Uh, he's very strong, good short yardage back. He's going to be missed, uh, but this this is going to happen. You know, and I know, yeah, oh, all the bad news, Dono. We didn't get Mark Fletcher. Now Cody Brown's leaving. Relax. 
Miami is still stacked at running back, and that's why Cody Brown is leaving. When you have already in that running back room, Jalen Knighton, Trevante Citizen, who just arrived as a four-star recruit, true freshman coming in, Don Chaney, Thad Franklin, Henry Parrish, who transfers in the portal. Now Cody Brown's leaving in the portal. It's unfortunate to have to lose Brown, and we wish him the best, by the way. We wish him the best. I hope he lands on his feet and has a great college career. He wants to play. (laughs) I would imagine Cody Brown leaving is because he sees Miami's backfield with him in it is six deep at least with really good players. He wants to get some playing time. That's what it's all about for these guys with NFL aspirations. So we wish him well. But yeah, Miami's running back room is very deep with Cody Brown, still very deep without Cody Brown. So happy trails, sir. I was talking uh, the other day with uh, a friend of mine who's covered the Canes for longer than I have, Gary Furman from canesport.com, the publisher of that website. And I had a chat with him just to kind of see if his takeaways from the first you know, extended period of practices Mario Cristobal has had back with Miami as head coach, if his takeaways match mine just in terms of the environment the culture, and the way that practices are run. Because when you're talking about around three weeks of spring football in the books, and we haven't even seen Mario Cristobal's first fall camp yet, how much of a difference can you actually notice from the Manny Diaz era that came before Mario, the Mark Richt era that came before that, and so on and so on and so on? Does it feel like they're running a more organized, disciplined, physical sort of environment. My thinking for the last several weeks has been yes. And when I asked Gary Furman about that, his thinking was a resounding yes. You can feel the presence on the sidelines of people like Jason Taylor, who gets about as much hands-on work with the defensive ends as he's allowed to, because he's technically an analyst, not an assistant coach, but he does as much one-on work with those guys like Jafari Harvey as he's able to do, and Harvey, I think, is going to have a breakout season as a pass rusher this coming year. Having a guy like Charlie Strong making a tremendous difference. You can see Josh Gaddis, the offensive coordinator. Not only what he's doing from an organizational and installation standpoint, because he's teaching these players a new offensive system, but he's also the wide receivers coach, and the one-on-one work he's doing with them as well uh, has been an interesting thing to watch. And yeah, Frank Ponce, the quarterback's coach, who's got an embarrassment of riches in that quarterback room with Tyler Van Dyke, Jake Garcia, Ja'Curry Brown, Peyton Matoka, who's pretty good fourth stringer to have in your quarterback room, that you can really, really feel the difference, that these guys aren't getting away with any lollygagging. We've had the stories about Mario Cristobal when appropriate. He doesn't think these guys are running at the tempo and the intensity and practice that he'd like them to. He is not shy about stopping practice to read these guys the riot act. It's happened notably once, and according to his players, it's happened more than once. So you can actually feel it. The difference out there at Green Tree, it's palpable compared to what it used to be like out there. So this is how you build winning habits. You build winning habits through discipline and through accountability. And I I think Cristobal is trying to teach these players as much accountability as possible. And then at a certain point, it's up to them to police themselves and enforce it. Right, Because when you look at in the 80s and 90s when Miami was at their peak and when Miami was great, 
there was really only so much Jimmy Johnson and Dennis Erickson could do, who had three national championships between them. There was only so much they can do to stay on top of their players. It was up to guys like Michael Irvin and Ray Lewis to police themselves and police that locker room. So you've got to you've got to empower players to lead themselves as well. Uh, we had Chris Fowler. Chris Fowler visited Miami practice. He and Desmond Howard met up out there, and he wrote a tweet that was absolutely glowing about what he saw out there from the Miami Hurricanes. He said, fun, useful day with the new look Canes football team and impressive, energized staff of Coach Cristobal. Roster has holes, he said, of course, and he's right, but also standouts to build around. And the transfer portal work isn't done, he says. Tyler Van Dyke looks commanding. And it was good to hang with Desmond Howard, he added. And yeah, uh, Chris Fowler with the tweet, he included a picture uh, of himself with Desmond Howard and with Mario Cristobal there out there at Green Tree practice fields. So he has been uh, Fowler, who's I'm sure going to be calling a handful of Miami's games this coming season, likes what he sees out there at the Green Tree practice field. And something we want to do, and and I I gave you guys the heads up on this, and and we're going to do it tomorrow. Uh, I want to start taking more uh, listener interaction. We're going to start reading some tweets. So if you have any comments or questions about Canes football that you want to leave to us, you can tweet our show account at LockedOnCanes. You can also tweet my personal account at Alex Dono. And by the way, if you follow Locked On Canes, we will follow back. We're trying to blow it up and build out that community. But one of the things I want to talk about, and I did tweet this out from the show account uh, earlier today, who do you think, outside of Mario Cristobal as head coach, because I think that's obvious, but which member of Miami's new look coaching staff do you think is the biggest upgrade from the previous regime? Right, Because we talk about all the incredible coaches now Miami has with Kevin Steele as the defensive coordinator, a guy with head coaching experience and extensive assistant coaching experience in the SEC. You've got Josh Gaddis now coordinating your offense. He comes from that same role at Michigan. Frank Ponce coaching your quarterbacks. Charlie Strong coaching your linebackers. Jameel Adai coaching your defensive backs. He came directly from Georgia you got Jason Taylor working as a defensive analyst. You've got, you know, he's been on the staff, so I guess you wouldn't include him in this one. But Ed Reed, who's still around now as the chief of staff, and he does some work with Miami's safeties as well. Uh, but which of the uh, which of the new look members of Miami's coaching staff outside of Mario Cristobal do you think uh, is the biggest upgrade from a year ago? And that's going to be a big topic on tomorrow's episode. And when we come back, we'll have a very encouraging note about Miami's spring game, which is going to be here in the next few days, guys. It is going to be here before you know it. Thanks for making Locked on Canes your first listen every day. Now for a big announcement. Starting Thursday, April 28th, you can tune in to Locked on NFL Drafts live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft with three days of real-time analysis from our extensive lineup of experts and insiders. And for those of you dying to know who your team will take, you can catch Odyssey and Locked On's NFL Mock Draft special hosted by Brian Peacock and former scout Matt Williamson of the Peacock and Williamson NFL show all week leading up to the first pick. You can catch Locked On NFL Draft on the Locked On NFL Draft YouTube page. You can catch the Odyssey NFL Mock Draft on the NFL Draft podcast feeds. 
Lockdown NFL Draft Live will be coming up April 28th, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, April 29th, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, and April 30th at 11.30 a.m. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, hey, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? I I don't know. And then wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry? No. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. My friends, the most important things to remember about Rock Auto, I've had great experiences there because when you drive, you know, a slightly older car like I do, you need parts. You can save time and money. I'm not sure which of those is more important to save, so I'm going to call it a tie. When you choose, why would you, I should say, choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Oh, they really get after you with the car dealership. For an example, if you have that Honda Odyssey we talked about, the fuel pump is $353 from a chain store. Just $216 from Rock Auto. You're going to find savings like that across the board. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need. Brake parts, tail lamps. Oh, my tail lamps go out all the time. Motor oil, even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so that they know that we sent you. So make sure you write locked on in there. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Three days away from the spring game, Miami Hurricanes will take on the Miami Hurricanes Orange and white game will be at Drive Pink Stadium in Fort Lauderdale, so you can attend it live, if you can get a ticket, that is. More on that in a second, but it's going to be at Drive Pink Stadium, 12 noon today. Uh, It's also going to be telecast live on ACC Network, so if you can't make it out to the stadium, you can watch it on television. The coverage was very good for it last year on ACC Network, so I assume the coverage is going to be very good again this year. Now... If you wanted to attend the game in person and you've waited, maybe you thought you can walk up and just walk right into Drive Pink Stadium, you're going to be sadly disappointed or you're going to have to really jump through hoops to get a seat in there. The University of Miami announced on Tuesday the spring game is completely sold out. And that's an 18,000 seat capacity at Drive Pink Stadium. Now, You know, if you're talking about the Alabama spring game or the Florida spring game or something, selling out 18,000 seats doesn't sound like a big deal whatsoever. But guys, I've been to a lot of Miami spring games over the years, and I've, I've been there in some very sparse crowds before, some years better than others. You know, we're talking about Miami, not Tuscaloosa. People have a lot of other things that uh, that they like to do on Saturdays, and you don't have the same size of alumni base and enthusiasm normally for the Miami program. So midweek, 18,000 sold out for the spring game. That's impressive. That's exceeding my expectation. You know, on Monday... I mentioned on the show that, hey, like I, I think it could be close to capacity. You know, maybe they'll get somewhere near the 18,000. I didn't think it would be sold out by Tuesday. So kudos to Dan Radakovich, the athletic director, 
Uh, kudos to Mario Cristobal and the amazing staff he's bringing in. Kudos to Tyler Van Dyke, you know, for igniting so much, uh, so much hope and enthusiasm in the fan base. So Miami, they are completely sold out for the spring game. And, you know, we're going to devote some time over the next couple of days to really taking a deep dive on who we're going to be watching in Miami spring game. So, you know, I'm going to start here with the tight ends. Elijah Arroyo and Jaleel Skinner both played exceptionally well in the second scrimmage last Saturday. Uh, they've really had to step up with an extra workload because Will Mallory, who's the elder statesman senior at tight end, has had to miss most of spring with an injury. So that's given the opportunity for Arroyo and Skinner to really step up. And I'd love to see what they can do in the spring game, whether it be Tyler Van Dyke, Jake Garcia, or Ja'Cory Brown throwing them the football. Uh, I'm going to be looking at those positions as well. I'm going to be looking at Miami's, not only the deep threats at wide receiver like Jacoby George and Keyshawn Smith, but yeah, I'm going to be watching Xavier Restrepo very closely because in the words of Cristobal, he was taking over in the second scrimmage. Um, he is trying to be this generation's Braxton Berrios, or at least this decade's Braxton Berrios. He's got a lot of those same characteristics and skill sets. So that's another guy in the passing game I'm going to be looking at. Would not surprise me, even if he has very limited action, uh, if he hauls in six or seven catches in the spring game. I think that's going to really be a move the chains type of guy and a volume-wide receiver for Miami. So uh, we'll talk more uh, tomorrow about who we're going to be looking at on the defense and in the running game as well. Miami spring game completely sold out, guys, and I love it for this coming Saturday at Drive Pink Stadium, formerly Lockhart Stadium in Fort Lauderdale. And don't forget, tomorrow we are going to take a deep dive on Cristobal's time at Oregon what to expect from Mario as a game day coach. I think we're already seeing a lot of the good stuff you expect from recruiting, but we're going to get the full context with Spencer McLaughlin, who hosts Locked On Ducks. He hosts the Oregon channel here on the Locked On Podcast Network. So we're going to break down everything Cristobal and a little Mirabal as well with Spencer tomorrow. So thank you guys so much for making Locked On Canes your first Miami Hurricanes listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts.